0: The following is a listener supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hello and Merry Christmas to you from the Grace Evangelical Society. This is Grace in Focus. We're so glad that you are with us today. I hope you are not overcome today by all the busyness of this season. And today we want to take just a few minutes to talk about Christmas. What does the Bible say about the Nativity? And what was happening all those many years ago when Christ came to earth? We hope this time will be a blessing to you. We're so glad that you're tuned in today. Our website is always available to you. That's faithalone.org, faithalone.org. And I hope you will consider being a part of our national conference coming up next May. You can find out details about that conference on faithalone.org. Now, Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates talking about Christmas.
1: Welcome to Grace and Focus. Ken, I thought we might do something about Christmas
2: yeah, it's always interesting studying the New Testament and Christmas and realizing it's not December 25th when all this is going on.
1: When do people, the Bible scholars, think Jesus was actually born? I mean, if they had
2: to guess. What I've always heard is somewhere around August, September, October time frame. Oh, really? Because of the sheep being out in the fields or something like Uh, that. But I don't know. I
1: thought it was like March, April for the same reason. Yeah,
2: I've heard it. There's two times in the year, right? In the fall and then in the spring. And so I've heard both. Yeah.
1: In any regard, it probably wasn't December. December 25th, I believe, was selected because the Catholic Church wanted to tie it in with, what, the winter solstice?
2: Pagans had a holiday, so it was a way to make them, so I understand, more comfortable.
1: And why is it even called Christ Mass? Is that tied in with the Catholic Church? Is that where we get the name
2: Christmas? That's my understanding, the Christ Mass, yes. Wow.
1: I mean, the date is probably off the name is probably off and of course there's nothing in the new testament that tells us to celebrate the day of jesus birth right
2: yeah and i think there's probably a lot of reasons for it but one is just imagine if we actually knew the day jesus was born think of the pride that people would feel if, oh, my kid was born on that day. I could see parents even aiming for it.
1: One of the reasons we don't have any pictures of Jesus and that God hasn't given us that is because God doesn't want people venerating pictures. Yeah, God doesn't want people to worship relics, which is, of course, what happened in Catholicism, right? People were looking for pieces of the cross so they could worship the pieces of the cross or or whatever. And it seems to me if we had too much information about the birth of Christ, probably people would end up worshiping the
2: details rather than Christ. Sure. Where was it at? Just imagine if someone had the manger he laid, in right, or something like. That. I mean yeah,
1: let's take a look at Matthew chapter two. Even though we aren't commanded to celebrate it, there's certainly nothing wrong with remembering the birth of Jesus each year. In other words, when you look at Matthew two, the kings or wise men, or whatever they were that came from the east, they were bringing gifts to Jesus, right? They weren't giving gifts to each other. And so if we wanted to be more like what happened in Matthew 2, we would use Christmas to be a time to give gifts to the Lord's work.
2: Our devotion to him in whatever way we express it.
1: Okay. Well, in Matthew 2, one of the things that jumps out at me is you have Herod the king and he receives wise men from the east. We're not told there were three, by the way. They get that from the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but there could have been any number of them. And they came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And that probably would have bothered Herod, right?
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, because Herod was anything but the king of the Jews, right? He was an Idumean, and um, he was an illegitimate king. But he is called the king. Because he was made so by Rome, of course. Right. So then he says, we have seen his star in the
1: east and have come to worship him. Somehow there's some cosmic sign that leads them toward Jerusalem and when they get to Jerusalem, instead of following the star, they
2: stop and they somehow get an audience with King Herod. Now, you know, I remember reading somewhere, I and I don't know if this is absolutely true, but it makes sense to me, that this would have not just been however many there were. Let's say there were eight of them it would have been a big caravan because they would have had all this stuff and these evidently were fairly well-off people yeah so they would have been there with their servants with their animals you know we see the pictures of these just three guys but it would have been probably much more noticeable i mean it could have been 50 or 100 people exactly and so they come riding into jerusalem and it's like, wow, that would have gotten Herod's attention.
1: So they ask, where's he going to be born? And Herod asked the scribes and the chief priests, and they know right away. They quote Micah 5 two, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the rulers of Judah, but out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. You know, evangelicals point to Micah 5 two all the time, but the rabbis did as well. They knew And so Herod says, go and search for this child. And when you found him, bring back word that I may worship him also. Uh, Wrong, (laughs) that I may kill him. That's what Herod wants to do. Herod wants to kill him. But it goes on, and all of a sudden, the star which they'd seen now is shining brightly again. And so they're able to follow it. And, of course, they know where they're going They're going to Bethlehem, but evidently the star somehow gets them to the right location. They don't end up in the manger. Where do they end up? In the home, right? Yeah, because he's no longer the baby Jesus. He's now the child Jesus. He's We don't know how old exactly, but months old or whatever, before they've gone to Egypt and then later back to Galilee. And so they opened their treasures and they presented to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But then they were warned in a dream, and so they went to their own country another way and did not go back to Herod. Well, then the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph. So notice all the angelic activity. Of course, the angel appeared to Joseph and Mary before Jesus was born, and then the angel appearing to the wise men, and now Joseph is being warned in a dream to flee to Egypt. So he does so, and they go by night and was there until the death of Herod. Out of Egypt I have called my son. That's Hosea eleven one, And that was true of both Israel, the nation, and the true Israel Jesus, the, the Lord Israel. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Reading through these verses, I don't know why. It's funny how when you have a class and something sticks out. I remember years ago being in Howard Hendricks' class, and he talked about verse 3 through 6, where it says that Herod the king heard, and he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. This should have been wonderful news. Right. Why would they be troubled? Why would they be troubled? And so I'm assuming, reading between the lines here, I would assume it's like, oh, no, what's Herod going to say? How is Herod going to react? Because Herod wasn't a nice guy. But what I do remember Hendricks saying is, when he called the scribes and the chief priests, and he said, well, where is he going to be born? He goes, oh, right down the road to Bethlehem. And then Howard Hendricks said, They weren't even willing to go down there and see. You know, here comes this huge caravan from the east. And from Daniel, we know that the time was being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Daniel 70. So you would have thought they would have been excited and run down there to Bethlehem, it was only a few miles away, to see, well, what is this? You know, these men have come from the east saying, he's born of the king. Daniel the prophet said, this is about the time. Let's go down and see what's going on but they don't even walk down there to see.
1: Right. And how far from Bethlehem to Jerusalem is, what, seven miles? I I was
2: going to say about five miles, but definitely short enough to go check it out. Yeah.
1: So they go back another way. Herod gets angry. Herod has all of the male children in that whole region killed, ages two and below, which would have, you know, he was being very cautious. He could have just taken a year or less, but he went two years and had them all killed. But before that, of course, the angel has warned them to flee to Egypt. So they're in Egypt and they wait till Herod dies. Then they come back and they're told now to go back to Nazareth. So when we think of Christmas... We're basically thinking of all the miracles that God did in the incarnation. There were, I don't know how many, a hundred or so prophecies fulfilled in Jesus' first coming, one of which is he would be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a small city with a small number of children born in any given year. And Jesus couldn't control where he was born. So if you're going to say he was some imposter, well, he couldn't do that. He couldn't (laughs) control what city he was born in. And all the other details, born of a virgin. And then, of course, all these angelic visits. All the other details concerning uh, that he was going to be called a Nazarene. Out of Egypt I have called my son. And there are so many details that point to the miraculous work of God. Even before Jesus does a miracle, there's plenty
2: of evidence this is the Christ. And also, how did these wise men know to come. How did God communicate that? I, We don't know. Are these men born again? They sure seem like it. Right.
1: <laughs> Unlike yeah. Herod and evidently the people he's consulting who don't seem like it. I mean, these men have made a long journey.
2: They're not willing to go a few miles. That's right. So these quote unquote pagan men from the East are coming all this way with gifts. And you're right. The chief priests and the scribes like, no, we're not even going to go down five miles to go see what's happening here
1: wouldn't you think if you were Herod that wanted to kill the baby jesus you wouldn't just let these men go you would send troops with them and as soon as they found the baby they would kill him right why would you let them go and say come back and tell me only because god was at work his unseen hand to some degree god positioned his heart
2: to where that's what he was going to do God's in control of this whole thing.
1: When we think of the birth of Jesus, it seems to me we need to think of God intervening in human history. And ultimately, we need to think of the soon return of Jesus. Because just
2: as all these prophecies were fulfilled on his first coming, all of his prophecies are going to be fulfilled on his second. That's right.
1: And just as the first coming was miraculous in all these ways, so will the second coming be miraculous. If they had understood Daniel 9... 24 to 27 they could have gotten to the exact year right now they evidently didn't because there's no indication that any of them were aware of this other than simeon and anna and they don't appear to know it because of daniel nine they appear to know it by special revelation right they really didn't know exactly when jesus was going to come even though that was potential we don't even have the potential because there's no scripture that tells us when the rapture will be but i think it's soon All right. Well, thank you so much, and thank you all for joining us, and keep
2: grace Grace in focus.
0: Thank you both for that informative discussion. Our goal at the Grace Evangelical Society is to teach Scripture clearly and without confusion. One of the best tools for that clarity, we believe, is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our site, we have all kinds of materials that are designed to help you mature and grow in your faith and your understanding of scripture. Please come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. You'll be glad you did. God loves a cheerful giver, and that's why we think our financial partners are some of the happiest people in the world. If you'd like to learn how to become a financial partner with Grace and Focus, We would very much appreciate it. Learn more at faithalone.org. It's really exciting to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a question, comment, or feedback, I hope you'll reach out to us. Best way to do that is through email. Here is our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace and Focus... Bob Wilkin and Catherine Wright will begin a week-long discussion about your testimony. Why is it important? What are the elements of a testimony? And how should a testimony be given? Join us all next week on Grace in Focus. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep Grace in Focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.